Welcome to episode 110 of the Book Horse Pod. Uh, I'm Kristen. Unfortunately, I am here uh, with Chris and Miranda. The unfortunately was for being Kristen. I was going to say, it was, <laughs> like, Jesus. Who are no, we burning there? I, I, it was unfor- I just have been, um, I'm a little inebriated. <laughs> and I'm here with Chris and Miranda. And we are doing uh, The End of Thrawn, Treason by Timothy Zahn, chapter 17 to the end. Um, and we're here. And I had some, what were we drinking? Some Crux it, Hazy it was shit? A Crux Hazy. I don't remember which one, but it was number 12 on the tap list. Great. Yeah. It was the first Crux Hazy I've had. Um, that's part of why I'm drunk. The other part of why I'm drunk is this week has been a, a hellhole. And I got, I worked from home today. So as soon as I was off of my last call at 5.15, I uh, opened several of those, uh, what are they called? Snow days, some shit, whatever the, I was. The dr- Block 15 yeah, IPAs? Yeah, the, bo- the Block 15 snow something IPA winter IPAs. Um, oh, so yikes. now I'm having Rainier and sparkling water. What are you drinking, Miranda? I'm also drinking Rainier. What'd you have earlier? Uh, I had that Crux. Yeah, I know. It was good. <laughs> what are you having, Chris? I am having green tea and Ooh. also green rum tea. separately, Ooh. not together. I was like about to say that's a very interesting combination. Like I could see whiskey. I could see it working, but not with this rum. This is a very sweet rum. It is mm. well, uh, the Venezuelan rum. rum I have, the uh, Diplomatico Reserva Explosiva. Is uh, she spiced or what? Uh, it's an aged rum. Mm. So is that a yes or a no? I some of us don't some drink of us a whole lot of stupid. rum. No, it's not a spiced rum. Okay. okay. It's just sweeter. Yeah, it's sweeter because it's been aged. Okay. So like it, it's it's essentially a similar process to a whiskey. Um, okay. Gotcha. And the aging yum, yum. takes some of the edge off and allows some of the sweeter notes in the sugar to come out. Ooh. Gotcha. It's very, the, very caramely. Got like kind of like banana-y notes mm. because it's so like oh. kind of caramely toffee it's nice do you know what kind of barrels they do it in sorry for asking that i question. don't but i can look i have okay. uh, i'm just wondering let me let me look it's it's not that important i'm just it's for me i don't know it's i in my information i feel like the last kind of uh episodes record episodes we recorded i was like having a peppermint tea and then a whiskey on the side yep but i was like should I pour these into each other? No. <laughs> oh no, I was drinking. So- oh, I was drinking a lemon sparkling water that mm. I very seriously considered combining. Oh, that makes sense. Anything That's with like citrusy of. and wi- yeah. whiskey. Um, Jasper's in the room. Um, he's eating a beef cheek. If you're wondering what he's drinking, he's drinking beef cheek juice. He'll probably <laughs> he'll probably get rescued halfway through this episode by his father. But uh, we <laughs> went out before this episode, so he gets to, to have fun times. Cool. Um, 
Chris, please interrupt us at any time during the pod to tell he's, us. He's looking at the banana rum. I know he is, but I'm if he doesn't figure it out before we start, that's fine. Um, I'm looking at the Thrawn <laughs> Funko Pop I have that Miranda got for me, uh, which is apparently a very fucking hot commodity. Um, oh, can I do a side note? We were like... Sure. Oh, gosh, this was back in October. I don't remember which episode we were recording. Um, was it one of the Thrawn episodes? We've been recording it for about sixteen months now. No, it was it was something else right. because Thrawn Trees and y'all did like a year ago before I started. Not Thrawn Trees and the other or one. Thrawn alliances. alliances. Yes. Um, but so it was like the day that we had um drawn names for. Like secret Santa style holiday armadillo, and I got Kristen. I was like, "Fuck!" And then we started recording, and Kristen just like made this offhand comment about like really wanting a Thrawn Funko. Yeah, because they're really or from um Star Wars Celebration or whatever. It's a whole thing. Is it the Celebration one? I don't know. Or some like con or something. Yes, it was an exclusive. They don't make other Thrawn Funkos. Amazon.com. You'll have to see it. <laughs> yes. Or maybe it was... You do. You really do. Yeah. It, it Except doesn't you don't, matter. Because Amazon's it, terrible, but... Yes. Also, uh, according to the internet, uh, rum is aged in uh, former uh, whiskey or bourbon casks. Cool. So, so probably that is, oak, right? Yeah, generally American oak. Mm, um, sure. This particular one, I found their website, and their website is surprisingly extra. Uh, it is an elegant... Complex sipping rum, carefully crafted from the purest of sugarcane honeys. It is delicately distilled in ancient copper pot stills and aged in small oak casks for up to 12 years. Marrying a unique body with excellent balance has made it a reference for rum lovers and connoisseurs throughout the world. We love copper pot stills. Shit, I gotta come back and try that maybe. Chris, you still haven't been to the, you guys still haven't been to the Coors Brewery, right? No, we still haven't. Whenever you guys come visit next, let's go. Yeah, sure. But like also go. Yeah, well, it's yeah. right there. Well, You're except so now Coors, now Coors is moving, so everybody no. hates them. What? <laughs> I don't yeah, know anything about this. Not their, not their like main brewery, but oh. their like corporate offices. They're moving to somewhere else. Oh. Somewhere with lower taxes. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, Bummerville, but like the brewery is still very like you should go because it's like one of the oldest big production breweries, and they do a lot of stuff in like copper. It's fucking lit. It's very cool. No, yeah, for sure. We have friends coming in. February around uh, President's Day weekend. I'm debating taking a day off. Cool. Do it. Around that day, that so I can hang out with them. Also, I yeah. want you to know that the tasting notes for this are described as sweet toffee fudge and a seductive and elegant finish. Oh, you love not, to see it. No, I'm not going to say that out loud. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Drunk Kristen is going to try to uh, usher us through this outline, as is my self-proclaimed new reason for being on the pod um chris can you explain to us why thrawn is so smarter than us <laughs> other than the the other uh the obvious points of being blue and not being human yeah i just this book is very the other two books are like kind of is thrawn as smart as he says he is can he figure this out and like you know he can because he's thrawn but like yes. it's like a little bit in doubt whereas this one like the premise of it is that Thrawn will figure this out. It's very clear from the beginning that he already kind of feels like he knows what's going on. Yep. And he just like 
has this one unlock from start to finish. Like, he literally won a battle before it started without even being on his ship, which is ridiculous. Which is so funny. And there's no... Miranda's pushing me out of the way because she wants to add something to this. I know. You have your phone. You can add stuff from there. Oh, you're so smart. I know. I'm not, but... um. Yeah, we don't have Anakin to uh, be like a brain foiled Thrawn, like the the anti-smart, like the smart in the opposite direction of Thrawn. So we're just like, I mean, I've been moving through this book for sure as just assuming that he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing and assuming that everything he's doing is going to work out correctly. Yeah, like... It's just I don't know. He's he's like a shimmering beacon of com- of competence in the Star Wars galaxy that we don't often see, particularly when he is surrounded by the likes of Orson Krennic. Bwah, bwah, bwah. Orson Krennic's an idiot. What? I mean, yeah, he's a Orson's a dipshit, but like classic capes. Orson move. Capes. Um, you know, one of the things like I'm gonna rearrange some points here because i think one kind of leads into the other great um one of the things he says to pharaoh in this section is that um sorry i'm typing at the same time he says he's bad at the political game but i think that like he's he's one of those people who's like oh like i'm only okay at this but then he's fucking great at it um well, and, like, knowing that you're bad at it, I think in, especially in, like, Empire shit makes you inherently better at it because you're, like, so much more uh, aware of what you're doing and what you're saying than everybody who just, like, has an inflated ego yeah. and, like, is out for themselves, even though they're loyal to the Empire, which I know we're going to talk about later. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that like, that's absolutely, like, he's, like, I, he is fully aware of, where he is um but i also think that there's part of it that's like he's not as good at the politics as he is as everything else but you still see him like kind of just laying out the options for ronin is that the guy's name it's ronin it is right? okay yeah yep. it is it, it's, it hasn't been a month and a half since we last recorded on Thrawn. Don't, what are don't you talking worry about, about it <laughs> the holidays don't exist uh but like he lays out all the options for ronin he's like so here it is um you can tell the emperor that you hate him. You can go AWOL. Or you can join the Chiss Ascendancy. And Ronan's like, I really don't want to join the Chiss Ascendancy. But, like, he... <laughs> Thrawn, like, just really corners him into that choice. Well, and it's like... Like, the, using those, ugh. like, political things. It's yeah. very much, like, the least of three evils. Yeah. And but, I know we're going to talk more about that later when we talk more about Ronan, but just, like, fuck. Yeah, but, like, he, he takes the knowledge that he knows about Ronan and about, like, the other political players here, especially involved with Stardust, and he's, like, trying to get Vader and charge of stardust he does that and then he goes oh well vader's running that now and he's gonna see that you hate the emperor so that's not a good situation and he's still like i don't get politics which is clearly not as true as he thinks he is chris can i get like this is i did not put this on the outline but now that miranda said what she said can i get like your take on how vader landed on supporting stardust versus 
the uh, tie defender program because like my gut would tell me that Vader would go for the tie defender program just because it's like I don't know I'm just thinking like I don't know uh, maybe that's completely wrong like Anakin's a dumbass so like mm-hmm. maybe I should assume that he would go for the Death Star but like no you're not wrong so it's been it's been a minute since we read this book and there but there's a couple small references in it referring back to the final battle in Thrawn Alliances when Vader actually flew one of the defenders and was really impressed. Right. That's what and, I'm like I'm like I know I have that somewhere yeah. in my brain. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Like Vader likes the tie defender program and all things being equal would probably pick it over to the Death Star, but because he has never really been a huge fan of the Death Star. Like, you know, obviously we have his kind of dismissing it in A New Hope with, you know, don't be too proud of this technological terror. And because, you know, I'll still force choke the shit out of you. And so, and, you know, I think in general, there are allusions to the fact that he kind of feels like it's a bit of an abomination and a waste of time. But it doesn't seem like he feels strongly enough about that to go against Tarkin and the Emperor, who are both so in favor of it. It really seems like, you know, for all that Tarkin and Krennic want to talk, the Emperor is very clearly the driver of the Death Star project. Sure. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Because, like, I feel like for the most part, other than that, I mean, granted, we don't have, like, a huge sample size of things where vader and the emperor have been at odds where we see like what that looks like obviously but i'm like damn vader like loved this thing and instead of like going back i mean we don't know that he didn't go back to the emperor and like hype it to him but it's just like it's a little bit i feel like it's a little bit of a gap where i'm like damn i really feel like vader would have like hyped this i mean it's funny because you know, you think back to how opinionated Anakin Skywalker is totally. in Revenge of the Sith and in, you know, the Clone Wars and in Thrawn Alliances. And this shit never would have flown with him. Like, he, like, maybe would have seen the tactical implications for, like, the first couple of years. And then when it was like, this is going to take 20 more years to construct, he would have been like, nope, we're out. No, we're I want just those building a lot of ships. fly fast and that have... Uh shields or whatever the fuck yeah exactly he he wants to go fast and i feel like anakin would also recognize the danger of like having one big weapon and nothing else yeah he likes to go fast and he knows if you ain't first you're last yep exactly (laughs) but then you know vader takes over and you know he's always kind of been this sycophantic guy who won't go against the emperor Unless, like, unless it's, like, matters of, like, I am emo today and you're not going to bother me. Like, he doesn't actually care about the strategy anymore. He just kind of does what he's told. Must be emo. Totally. So it's, you know, it's it's a catch-22 of you got his skill, but then you never actually t- bothered to get his nuance and his expertise on things after he turned to the dark side, which then, of course, could have helped. Yeah, it's bullshit. I hate defending Anakin on this podcast. <laughs> but here we are. We're, this is a vi- pro-Anakin vi- podcast. <laughs> How dare. This is this is an Anakin yes podcast. This is a 
Chris, the fir- I think the first episode that Chris ever flaked out on, it's because he was dying his Anakin robes. <laughs> this oh. is true. This is and we've been going down downhill since then. Okay, so this that's also somebody's debut on the podcast, so I don't know how to deal oh, with that. Oh, it's so true. I forgot about that. Oh, that's so but, like, funny. You weren't supposed like, to be a damn. real member because you were like, I will never, uh, I will never move to Portland. No, literally, it was like, it was time for us to record, and I was like, I am in the middle of this, and the bathtub is filled with clothing dye, so I'm not <laughs> recording right now. He was stowing his Jedi soup. He was stirring his Jedi soup, still an all-time great. <laughs> that's that's all-time great title, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. <clears throat> um, in the Pantheon. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, and maybe we can include this in, like, the discussion about Thrawn and the Empire, but he's really proven himself to be way better at like identifying actual useful talent than anybody else in the Empire. Just everybody else <laughs> in the Empire seems so fucking stupid. Oh, no. even before <laughs> the destruction of the Death Star, and I'm like, where are the smart people in the Empire? They're all fucking Help me. useless. Like I know, we're at a point where. I mean, and I know this is a point on our outline where it's like, I'm going to steal, I'm going to steal seven lasers. And it's like, you, is that, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, that is your, like, brief rebellion. And not even, like, in a rebellion sort of rebellion, but just, like, in an anti-empire sort of way. Are you fucking know, kidding it was, me? It's so pointless, too. Like, what right, What did you exactly. accomplish? Like, what the fuck? Like, and this, let me just be clear. This is before they lose all the smart people to the fucking Death Star. Are you yeah. kidding me? I know. It's, you know, this is, and we've talked a little great, bit Bob. about this in reference to, you know, kind of the corruption that we see in the Empire and how it might compare to the First Order. And, you know, and presumably we'll get more uh, more of a window into the First Order hierarchy. Which but, was the First Order? Huh? I've heard of it. I haven't yeah. heard of it. But, like, clearly we've seen that with Thrawn being the notable and, to a certain extent, only exception, the way you rise in the Empire is by being loyal, not by being smart. Yeah. Like, but it's he- by winning, not by having a good process. Right, and I think this could almost go into, like, the treason discussion in a very esoteric kind of way. But, like, Thrawn is actively subverting that by identifying people who are very good and very competent and, like, challenging them and um, putting them in situations where they can really be their best. Like, we saw it um, in the first book and I think also in the second book of this trilogy. Like, he meets Eli in fucking Imperial, or at the Academy. Imperial like, Middle School. Imperial Middle School. Mm-hmm. And he, he he's like, okay, sure. And like... Like, you're a child that has potential. The child. But I mean, Eli is like very good at what he does. He's incredibly intelligent and... Um, you know, he he's a very specialized kind of guy. And even better, he doesn't realize how good at what he does he is which is like a very very good thing for the empire who is full of fucking giant egos yeah and then so he like does that with eli and like grooms him to be the specialist and like to also see the big picture which i feel is rare but then we see it in this book when they finally confront in this confront each other in this section pharaoh's like oh 
oh, I don't have an issue. And Thrawn's like, you want to know why I didn't, like, not, or, um, approve, recommend something oh, yeah. to be the uh, leader was, of this. like, recommending her for a promotion, I think. Yeah, like, recommend you to be the leader of this, like, little fighter group or whatever. Yeah, I, I actually did that for you to be in charge of the whole fleet. Yeah. And she's like, what? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have, I have two things branching off of that. One is that just like Thrawn is just such a better manager, yes. like and like looking in Star Wars, but also just like looking in the real in the real world. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about in my <laughs> professional life as well. Like the people who are good managers aren't necessarily the people who like get great results and like make all their numbers. It's the people who put themselves in position to succeed by creating a team that wants to work around them. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and like, Thrawn does that in space. And I mean, like, on a, on a personal level, like, Thrawn is the kind of manager I think I would excel with. Because, like, he goes into conversations with people and he's like, why did, think of this? why did you do this? And he knows the answer. And he knows you know the answer. But, like, he, he puts Pharaoh, he puts Eli in situations where they have to, like, think through the problem and solve it sometimes. Like... You know, that whole conversation where he's like, yeah, I want you to be the commander of this fleet. And you already are. So congrats. Um, (laughs) He's like, very very Thrawn voice. Mm -hmm. Why did you do this with the TIE Defenders? And Pharaoh, like, because we're we're getting like, you know, the answer, sir. But let me tell you about it. We're getting the monologue like shit. I was hoping I could pass this off as like a malfunction. (laughs) like she's worried about explaining it even though she knows she's right no no she's right and she's gonna explain it she's gonna do it well but like she's been serving under him for so long and has been like learning not necessarily like how to do what he does the way he does it because nobody can like it's fucking thrawn thrawn be like that but like to to think that way and to think logically and like plan and all of that, which clearly nobody else in the empire is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then my other thing about Thrawn and his ability to identify smart people, how impressed is he actually with Pharaoh? Because he obviously, he obviously likes Pharaoh. He obviously thinks that she is competent and able to fight for the empire. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's that impressed. But he doesn't impressed. ask her to fight for the chiss. Fair. I don't know that he's that impressed, but I, like, I think he knows what he's supposed to do as a good leader, which I think is a different thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I also don't think he's impressed by like anybody. Like, I don't, I don't, Eli. I don't think he's impressed by Eli and is like, oh, you're so good at this, like, whatever. I think he's like, oh, you would be useful for what the like chess are trying to do right now and like he's obviously not fucking impressed by ronin and he still bullies him into going to the the chess yeah i think thrawn i don't want to say he's like not capable of like being impressed because that is a whole other thing but i feel like he just he looks at these things so logically that he's like you were good at this here is where uh, you would be best suited. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't get impressed at you doing your job situation. Yeah. He's like, oh, you do this well. You should continue to do this well. 
let me set you up to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because like Pharaoh is in such a unique spot with him. And obviously the fact that she is no longer with Thrawn and whatever fleet he has, the seventh, maybe. I don't know. I think it's the seventh. Uh, the fact that she's no longer with the seventh fleet that gets destroyed and scattered at Lothal means that she has, you know, a future within the Empire such as it is. So, like, she could come back. Mm-hmm. And, but also, like, where Eli got sent to the Chiss, where Ronan got invited to join the Chiss, where Thrawn tried to convince Night Swan, the, like, criminal mastermind from the first Thrawn novel, to join the Chiss before, he was, before Night Swan said no. Like, Pharaoh never gets... That offer, like Pharaoh and the rest of the bridge crew, mm-hmm. don't get it. So, like, even if he knows that they're competent, they're still missing. They're missing the special sauce. Well, I see. I don't. I think part of that is like he knows. It's like Pharaoh just kind of seems very. I don't know if unselfish is the way to put it, but she's not self-serving for sure. Like she is a hundred percent loyal to the empire. Like she's constantly thinking about it through this book and like it's Thrawn. He knows that. Do we think that factors into it or not? I think it might like he knows he can um, like push Ronan into it because Ronan's out for himself. Ultimately Ronan's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Ronan's fucking useless, but he's like, or Thrawn, you know, recognizes that. And he recognizes that Ronin isn't going to put himself in a position like where he would um, present or kind of bring danger to himself. And he knows that Pharaoh is loyal almost to a fault. <clears throat> and, like, she was the one who was sending Tarkin, like, these... Anonymous, but, lo- but loyal to a fault to the empire. Yeah, not loyal to yes. a fault, right? Yeah, not in general, like to the empire. I like. I think that's part of yeah. Him, that I think is the key. Part of him knows that like he cannot get her to go to the Chiss and be loyal to the Chiss and do what's in the best interest of the Chiss because she's always going to do what's in the best interest of the empire as a whole. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's the key because Eli was never re- like he didn't dislike the empire but he didn't particularly care about it it was a job and ronin obviously could not give less of a shit about the emperor himself loves krennic but also loves not being dead oh you're not gonna use my picture miranda is speaking about i'm trying to post on the instagram (laughs) oh nice 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 good picture Oh, did you right. send it to me? I sent it to this to the group. Great. Uh, uh, I sent it in the Slack. Super. Sorry, this has been a an Instagram detour. Let us continue. Uh, to well, talk while about we Thrawn. detour, let's let's continue on the subject of loyalty in the Empire. Obviously, it's something that is at the core of this book, but it's it's got a lot more nuance than you would generally think you'd see in a totalitarian government. Right. Because Ronan obviously being the number one of he can't even like pretend that he is loyal to the system. Like he would have failed miserably under communism because he would have just like not been able to keep his big mouth shut 
about how he thinks he's smarter than the emperor <laughs> and like some random like underling would have turned him in by now like oh i mean is that him not being loyal to the system i'd like he he seems very happy with like keeping up oh no he doesn't never mind it's like he seems very up with like keeping the status quo but no he i'm i can't find the words for what i want to express right now he is very loyal to something about the empire he's i don't know i don't know that i would say he's loyal to the empire i think he's certainly loyal to krennic but I think if Krennic were to leave the Empire, he would follow Krennic and not the Empire. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Empire is his North Star. Fair. He's very gay for Krennic. What? He's extremely gay for Krennic. That's just, real. That's just science. I'm not. I'm not. I think he's very stupid. <laughs> oh, he, he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, But also, like, since he is, like, the one who's like trying to get everybody on treason charges to help himself and Krennic, he's the one who ends up committing treason to save himself because he knows that he can't lie to Vader and he also knows that he can't keep his big mouth fucking shut. You hate to see it. I don't know. Do you though? Do you hate to see it? No, I don't hate to see it. I just like, I think Ronan is such an interesting case study in loyalty because, like, his whole thing is like, oh, Thrawn, Thrawn's fucking treasonous. But, like, it's... He's like, oh, Thrawn's bad to the Empire. He's with the chess. But he's only really doing it for, like, his own benefit. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this faux loyalty that... Yeah, it's really this... I mean, and I know this was something in our outline, so I'll just kind of segue it, us in... I think this segues us well into it. But it's so funny because it's, like... Everybody else is more loyal to themselves. Like most people that we see who are in the upper echelons of the empire in this book are more loyal to themselves and out to uh, improve their own like personal and professional stature, whatever that looks like. Um, That is above anything above what the, what they have to do with the empire. Whereas Thrawn has like this other thing, the Chiss, um, which at least he's transparent about, right? Like, for the most part, at least with, like, the leader of the Empire. And whereas all these other folks are not transparent at all, and Thrawn is being punished because he's an alien, essentially, who is are showing, you... like, some loyalty to his homeworld, etc. Are you suggesting... In my Star Wars. In my Star Wars... That the Empire is the galaxy's version of racist? What? Uh, how? Why would I ever do that? I, I can't imagine. It's honestly beyond me. <laughs> but how dare you? But, like, it's just, like, so fucked. Because Thrawn is so much more transparent about his loyalty and where it lies. And that complicated equation than the folks who are, like... I'm only loyal to the Empire. And then, it, like, in the background, they're like, JK, I'm only loyal to myself. But I, I yeah. think, like, this book also kind of sets him apart because the epilogue is all about um, the Emperor, like, kind of questioning that and trying to figure out how he's going to deal with that moving forward. And he's like, oh, and, like, Thrones out dealing with the Chiss. 
But at the same time, like, Thrawn is clearly the only person, like, actually looking out for the overall health and, like, safety of the Empire. Because uh, I think there's a part, if I recall correctly, in the epilogue where Palpatine's like, oh, you know, Darth Vader also knows that the Grisks are a threat. And nobody else seems to know that except for Thrawn. And I trust Darth Vader, but I don't trust Thrawn, so that's kind of weird. It's like, no, no, he's clearly dedicated to you. You're all just fucking racist. I know, and it's so interesting that, like, even, like, all the way up to the Emperor, he doesn't see loyalty as to the Empire. He sees it as to himself. Right. And for him, it's not so much... Like, for him, it is very much motivation, not results. Right. Like it is, it is like the opposite of, like it's it is it is very much intention and not impact. Like as long as you want to do well by the emperor, you can get away with a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting too, because like one of the knocks on Thrawn throughout this trilogy has been, oh, he's really close to the emperor. And then we get this, and it's like, how much does Palpatine really trust him? And trust his loyalty or to fucking the anyone. Empire? Also, like, he doesn't even... Like, this is a whole other thing, and maybe we'll get into it in the wrap, because, like, that's when we pontificate about random-ass shit even more than we are right now. But I'm like, how much did anyone, Thrawn or Vader or people, quote, quote, that the Emperor trusted the most know about any of his contingency plans. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, and I'd, no, sorry. Go ahead. I'd be interested to see like where Thrawn goes moving forward, because I just imagine like he got the name Death Star pretty early on. Like I, that was one of the closing lines of the first book in this trilogy, right. if I recall. Correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and again, in the epilogue, the emperor he thinks about this. He's like, it's still not super kosher that, like, this guy knows that he's not part of Operation Stardust. He's not one of the, like the most high-ranking officials on this project. He just figured it out. And so I wonder that, like, given enough time and resources, Thrawn would figure out. At least something about the contingency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... The funny thing about that is that part of the reason... Not so much that he knew about the name, but that he figured out about Stardust, the project, mm-hmm. is because of Eli. Is because he had Eli tracking Dunium shipments and yeah. like basically spotting a giant planet-sized hole of Dunium that was not where it was supposed to be. Whoops. So it's... Planet or small moon. That's true. (laughs) That's no moon. That's... Go ahead for that small moon. That's no moon. (laughs) This has been Kristen and Miranda recapping Star Wars. Yep. Which one is Star Wars? Uh, I don't... uh, Unclear. It's it's like... It's not not Star Piece. As a side note, this is a very funny. I think so. We have like a small local theater that we used to live right next to that like 
shows uh it has some first run shit but it has like a bunch of old shit um but it had to name like uh rise of skywalker something weird because i think it probably originally had like star wars maybe just star wars because that is the only star wars that is out right now and our theory is that some fucking dude bro nerd came and like complained that it wasn't a new hope what? tm uh what is this? i'm yeah. very confused i am too they I, had to I, I was at this theater this weekend. I, I know. No idea what well, she's they, talking well, they about. had to. Well, okay. So, like, they have limited space on their like where they name movies on the mm-hmm. the guy Marky. Sure, that's the bitch. Yeah, but like they had to name it something bizarro, like S T W R S R S O, like something like that like something that's like it basically makes no sense unless you know what you're talking about unless they had originally put just like star wars like ros or something like that and me and quinn were like the thing that they had up for rise of skywalker made so little sense did did they originally have star wars up and someone came and complained that it like wasn't the original star wars I mean, honestly, like it's it, that's, that's what I mean. It's within possible. the realm of possibility. That's what I mean. Like Portland is a terrible place. I would not it, it even be bringing it up, but it's like the whatever the the shortening the that they picked for the marquee was just like so. I was like, I know what it is because I know what the movie is and what they've called it. But like, they must have had to. It's either like contractually to show the movie, they had to at least say these things. Or someone, like, called them out for, like, confusing it with A New Hope, which was originally called just Star Wars, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just fucking Christ. If there's any city in the country, that would happen. Yeah, it's It's here. It's goddamn bullshit. It was just, like, everything would just turn into, like, two to three characters, and I was like... I, I barely know what that says, and I know what all the Star Wars are called, like, very out, off the top of my head. So that was just very funny. Anyway, that was a non sequitur. Thank you for your input. You know, you're so welcome. Um, um, looking at we have to some talk of the loyalty. This? Yes. Looking at some of the loyalty of, like, kind of continuing on with the, like, loyalty of actions versus the loyalty of, like, heart and motives. Like, you look at thrawn's counterparts in savit and in tarkin and in governor haviland and all of them are not doing the right thing for the right reasons yes are you implying that there's people looking out for their own self-interest in the empire (laughs) not in my star wars in my empire uh i told you that i believe that in the audiobook it's savit Savit, thank Savis. you. Which is stupid because that sh- it should have an e on the end of it. It's supposed to be Savit, but, Savit, not, but or, or it should be Savi. Yeah, I know. Th- thank you. I know. I'm just telling you how they pronounce it in the audiobook, as always. I am not the creator of Star Wars, notably. <laughs> send all of your Rise of Skywalker just comments and hate At mail. Its keeks. Did you guys know that Kristen. I created Star Wars? 
she was actually the one who came up with Ray Palpatine and plays the weird puppet bus driver. I all Kristen. We are all the weird puppet bus driver. Listen, we love puppet bus drivers generally. Okay, keep Sorry. going, Chris. You were making a point. No, well, I was then writing down a title. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not doing it because you now I've had 17 beers. That is that is true. <sighs> but yeah, not, so like not, you look at Savi, but it's more. And as we talked about, he's trying to convince himself that he is doing it for the Empire when he's stealing like seven turbo lasers from the Death Star, which is same. The, like it's the equivalent of like grabbing a 20 from a bank it's the new phone who this of uh, yeah of things like it is so ridiculously unimportant it's that like it's hilarious that he's trying to convince himself that he's doing it for the empire so that they have these resources it's michael bloomberg spending his personal money on a super bowl ad oh my god sorry i I, I sorry this is a side note Surprise, this is politics pod now. This um, is side note pod now. Twist. But I saw somebody who like vaguely did the math on his like what how much he was actually spending on buying the Super Bowl ad. Mm-mm. And the conclusion this guy got to was like if he makes fifty thousand dollars a year, he's spending eight dollars and seventy five cents on the Super Bowl ad. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. like that's the scale it's of this upsetting. like treasonous act. It's like, thank you. Wait, are we still talking about the Bloomberg thing? No, we're talking. <laughs> we're, no, we're talking about um, Savage. Like, Mike Bloomberg is treasonous. You heard you it here first. <laughs> I was no, like, it's, wait, it's, I didn't think we were calling Bloomberg treasonous at this <laughs> point. I'm fine if we are, but I did not follow the metaphor. Excuse me. <laughs> no, it, like that. That's basically the scale of like stealing seven fucking. Yeah. What turbo, turbo lasers? Bla- turbo lasers? It's like, or like some, somebody's gonna think that's a clerical error. Or like seven, <laughs> seven, like parts that they switch the name of from food. <laughs> I love how it's like not only is it seven turbo lasers, which is nothing in the grand scheme of nothing. It's a very specific amount of turbo lasers. It it's like it was supposed to be like Wookie porridge. Like it. What the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's it's a rounding error and he's like it's so clearly out of spite and not out of anything for the empire that like again it's like you're not hurting anyone necessarily until he then freaks out because the cover up is always worse. <laughs> yeah. But like you're not you're not doing it with the right reasons in mind. Doing it. And Tarkin is basically just sitting back and like laughing at Savit and <laughs> Thrawn and Krennic having their like little cage match situation. Also just like uh, the fact <laughs> I love how your if you're Savit, your thought is no one is ever going to fucking figure this out because it's a clerical error and then Thrawn's like clerical error is my favorite. Like, I know, right? <laughs> well, also I think the flip side is like if it were Thrawn who is the one trying to steal from the empire, that's exactly what he would do. But Savit clearly didn't do it on purpose that way. Like, Thrawn would be like, okay, so 
you know what would i do to make sure no one noticed because everyone doesn't look at anything that's actually important realistically if we fudge a couple of like you know acquisition if we just make sure it seems like giant space bats what could happen it's like we'll just fly them through this cave the space cave who says no (laughs) fucking christ on the cross Anyway, sorry, Chris, did we derail what you were talking about? Keep going. No, that was sorry. pretty much what I was talking about. Just that, again, to bring it back around to Thrawn bring it being the smartest one in the room down. and, like, pointing out correctly that there is no conflict between the Chiss and the Empire, so there is no conflict to his loyalty. Okay. And everybody's, like, seems fake, but okay, where all around him, like, as they are, like, calling him treasonous, they are actively not caring about the Empire. Yeah. Just like, again, to just point out how kind of broken to its core the Empire really is. Yeah. Like, I, I can't say this without just repeating exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Well, no, it's just like everybody's very focused on their own, like how they can benefit from the empire that they're not even thinking about the empire anymore. And Thrawn's like, let's protect ourselves. The risks are dangerous. And they're like, fuck you, you fucking alien. And Palpy's in the background, like the final order. I'm playing 16 dimensional chest. Here we are. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Yeah. Like Thrawn is Thrawn is the voice of reason being like, can we at least all agree that we don't want to die? (laughs) And everybody's being like, shut the fuck up, you blue piece of shit. Sometimes okay. I want to die. But fuck if, you, if some of you die, then I get more money. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's a chance I'm willing it's, to take. It's a chance he's willing to take, my friends. Um, and then just... Like, you read books like this, and it, like, completely fits that, obviously, the Empire collapsed within a year of Endor. Because there's yeah, no one else who is remotely qualified to be in charge. Nobody's qualified to be in charge. I suggest that you have two Death Stars for everything that you're trying to uh, defeat. And then you just kill both Death Stars and then there's nobody. It's science. That it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're trying to get rid of all the smart people, convince them to build two Death Death Stars and then destroy both of them. Yeah, concentrate your best and brightest in one <laughs> spot that's easily destroyed. But twice. What a great idea. And 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 somehow did it again with Starkiller. It's like, a problem Listen, number one. This is no. Like, Which, like, this like, I get that the point of Starkiller was that you could do it from across the galaxy and that would be, like, would be safer and it's bigger safer, so it's quote, harder quote. to blow up. But, like... Uh, and How many times? How many times, Star y'all? Killer, Star Killer Lava Planet? Safer? Is that what you're talking about? An important yeah. part of intelligence is like learning from your mistakes. And every time they're like, oh, this was an anomaly. Um, Galen Urso did this thing. It's fine. Don't but worry about it. we don't it. have him TM. anymore, so we're going to build the same specs. Don't worry about it. Just and also, bi- we're going to make it d- bigger. We're going to do this bigger, but on a volatile planet that can easily blow up. Uh, happier and with your mouth open with mouths wide open yeah all right let's Chris is very upset with us <laughs> hang on <I'm>... title 
Is it with oh, mouths no. wide open? Yep. <laughs> also, I like how nobody is. I like how nobody is marking down timestamps because we all know nobody is going to edit this. No, it's just going to stay how it is. It's fine. It'll we be apologize. fine. Um, we don't apologize. I let's finish Miranda's this. Apologies. Let's finish this episode by tying this into Rise of Skywalker, since sure. that is okay. the thing these days. And I did not put this on here. So whoever did, you want to walk us through? Uh, did I actually put this on this here? This looks like you, babe. I didn't do it. Is it the part where we said... A long, long talk? Yeah, a long... So, like, they... At the end, in the epilogue, um, it's unclear which of them between Theron and Palpy says, we're going to have a long, long talk. Palpatine, Palpatine. Yeah. Great. Thank you. That's uh, how books work. Um, Kristen is wrong and everyone else is right. That's how books work. Um, but I brought this up earlier, but... I'm wondering how much, if any, did Palpy tell Thrawn about any of the plans that are the final order? Obviously, he, like, didn't tell him anything in detail, but from what we've seen and heard, like, Palpy's actually told Thrawn a lot more things than he's told a lot of other people in the Empire, so... Uh I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, I oh, mean, keep, like, it's challenging he, me, obviously. Palpatine didn't tell Thrawn about the Death Star, which is like the Empire's big secret. And Thrawn was like, tell me about the Death Star. So, I mean, and I, I will admit, I, I haven't finished Rebels. I don't know what Thrawn's up to mm. later. Um, but like. Miranda. It's on Disney Plus. I we know. own it. I know. I, oh, I, I restarted it recently, actually. Yeah, uh, that's what she does, if you didn't know this. <laughs> Give her a hard time. She will go and restart things and then uh, stop watching and them three episodes before the end. Yes, correct. Anyway. Uh, but, like, Palpatine obviously played this very close to the vest. Um, so I don't think he would have shared a lot. He's like, oh, yeah, like... Like, I don't think he wouldn't even, like, have addressed this. He, we've only seen him address it uh, in Aftermath Empire's End. And he was vaguely yep. like, there's a plan for this. Um, but if there's anybody to figure out anything about that and to, like, independently realize that Palpatine does have a plan, it does involve the Empire rising again in whatever format, it does involve him staying alive, apparently... It's Thrawn. Yeah. I don't... If he knew anything about the Final Order plans, which at this point, he... I don't think he does. um, Because we're several years before that uh, becomes necessary. Like, he would have done it independently. He would have done it using Eli to, like... And to me, I think... Because, also, like, obviously, we have both the First Order and the Final Order, which are Palpatine's brain children and... No Middle Order. No middle order, just first and final. No order. Um, Which ironically is what the because because logical names, but like it's it is a good question because obviously we know that as we talked about in our Rise of Skywalker analysis episode uh, that released last week, the way that the First Order found a way into the unknown regions to be hidden was partially due to Thrawn. And it was partially due to the fact that Thrawn and Palpatine spent a lot of time going over routes through the unknown regions. Well, and that was like part of my point was it 
if we think about the number of people that Palpatine even vaguely treated as his equal uh, intellectually. Yeah, it's not high. The list is very short, but Thrawn is on that list sometimes. Yeah, the list is like Thrawn, maybe Tarkin. Exactly. And Vader, right? Ish. The arguable well Vader. right yes. and it's all it's a di- that's a different thing right it's like yeah a, that's, that's yeah that's a different that's a different discussion sure. but like <laughs> but yes i hear what you're saying that that that's why i even bring it up because it's like i don't know like i feel like tarkin is i mean i feel like uh what are we talking about Thrawn, Thrawn, thank you. I like looked at his Funko and forgot his name. Um, I feel like Thrawn is like wide-reaching and forward-thinking enough to be like, great. So when the Death Star doesn't work, even if that's two hundred years from now, what's your contingency plan? And like, wouldn't bat an eye at that. Whereas I feel like most of the other people in the Empire would have been like, well, what do you mean the desert? What do you mean the desert? I mean, what about me and my money? I mean, honestly, I think most other people are too busy, like, trying to get to the point where, like, when Palpatine dies, they're the one who's in charge of the Empire. Right. And, like, Thrawn... Well, that's kind of my point, right? Yeah, like, Thrawn has no interest in it. No, he's like, okay, so what's the next thing that we're gonna do, Dad? Yeah, well, and the other thing is that... Daddy. Oh, God. Daddy. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Okay. Uh, the other thing is that Thrawn is also arguably the only person in the Empire with a vested interest in knowing Palpatine's contingency. Because nobody else really wants to know it. Because they because they all they know is that they're not a part of it. Yeah. And yep. so, like, except Rax, but he's a special case. But, like, they know that they have not been told that they are next in command. And, you know, I think everybody kind of assumes it's Vader. And so they don't care. They're they're not worried about the official contingency. They are worried about how they can work to their advantage. Thrawn needs to know the contingency because Thrawn is there to help the Empire defeat the Grisk and defend against the Grisk, but also to make sure that they don't threaten the Chiss. And knowing... totally. On the off chance that Palpatine dies, knowing who comes after him is a huge part of that. And so that is another, I think, reason to think that even if he didn't know everything, he pr- he may have very well had an inkling about the contingency in some form. Whether he knew about the details, whether he knew about the difference between the areas they were going, whether he knew about Exegol specifically, I think those are deeper questions that potentially become less likely but i agree with you that it seems unlikely that he would have just been like i don't need to worry about this Mm -hmm. i i feel like he would have an idea of the pig picture yeah for sure and with that i think we can wrap it there thank you all for listening to this episode of the book wars pod Next episode, we are going to be uh, wrapping up Thrawn Treason by Timothy Zahn. And then after that, we are going to be reading Myths and Fables by George Mann. Uh, It is a middle grade book. We're very excited to be reading it. Um, 
I think that's what we're doing. I need to look at the schedule again. Yeah, there's a whole ass schedule. Follow us on Twitter. I know. At BookworksPod. We'll, t- we'll tell you on we'll Twitter. Yell you. I am that's the very next, sure. Uh, reading assignment. I believe that's next reading assignment, but there well, might so be other that, shit in between. There isn't a reading assignment for this coming week because we're wrapping it up as you were listening. Correct. Okay, I got it. Got it, guys. Don't worry. We're totally not going to edit this. Next week is the Throne Treason wrap-up. We're lazy the following kids. week, The following week, we are going to be talking about season one of The Mandalorian and finally talking about that, where the story fits in, what we know, what we want to see from season two, what we liked and didn't like. So get excited for that. It is bonus episode season here at Book Wars Pod Central. Baby Yoda. And then after that, we are going to be starting Myths and Fables by George Mann. So you have plenty of time to get that from your local library, your local indie bookstore, and get excited and join us. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Book Wars Pod. It has been great seeing people's reactions to some of our Rise of Skywalker thoughts. I've already had a couple really awesome discussions today with Space Jess, uh, with at uh, Tyler, Jess, several at S's. Space Jess. Uh, of a lousy beautiful town pod uh, at haha yeah Tyler I believe tits it is McGee. Uh, tits McGee he's the classic not tits McGee anymore but he's always tits McGee in our hearts forever in our hearts um, but we I want to hear what you think as well we all do so we, you know we like Star Wars and we like talking about it that's why we do a podcast uh, if you want to email us bookwarspod at gmail.com and please please rate review and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed to help other people discover the show in this very exciting age of new Star Wars content because I feel like there's going to be a lot of announcements coming in a very condensed period of time now that we're past episode 9 if you have the means please episode give nine, to never heard of her never, not familiar uh, please give to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod where you will get pictures of Porkchop, Orca, and Jasper if you give because it really helps us cover our hosting and production costs and helps us start saving so that we can have some merch to give people at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim later this year. Yay! Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. Uh, for Kristen and Miranda... I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening to episode 110 of the Book Wars pod. And we'll talk to you later this week, uh, wrapping up Ron Treason. Um, if you want Anakin's a dumb bitch stickers, you're going to have to donate to us. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who says no to Anakin's awesome. a dumb bitch stickers? <laughs>